This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. went back home to visit the fam oh, in Ohio yeah. Midwest living and yes. you told your parents well okay so <laughs> for listeners I am uh 39 I will be 40 in like six months and so um you know I I have had a piece of copper up in my punan for a certain number of years that has protected me from uh, from pregnancy. And it's due to come out this year. Yeah. And I've thought long and hard about it um, over the past year. And I really do not want to put anything back in. For yeah. those that have had IUD insertions, you can yeah. understand <laughs> For just from pain alone, I'd rather not like go yeah. through it again. Look, this the shit that women have to go okay. through in order to avoid pregnancy. It is so frustrating. And I saw there was a thing where they were talking about a couple of years ago um, to have like birth control for men, and it was literally like a topical gel that they yeah. apply. You're like, like calm to, down. and I'm like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Meanwhile, they're making us tampon gloves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We have okay. had shit stuck, copper stuck up there. Yeah. We have been on hormones yep. since Shots. we were 13 yeah. that caused blood clots and yep. whatever All kinds else. of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and then they're like, oh, for men, we'll just give you this gel that you can put on your skin. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right Listen, now? Listen, <laughs> there was a commercial the other day to tell you how much of a feminist my husband is. There was a commercial the other day for a brand new um, birth control method and it's that gel that you shoot up something I don't yeah. know I don't even I wasn't really paying attention until Chris was like are you fucking serious he's like another fucking way for a female pr- to protect themselves get against pr- getting pregnant he's like another thing he's like why is this always the woman's responsibility right. Be- uh, honestly I will say I will say when I started seeing all the uh, the different birth control things for men I was just like how many of the guys that I've dated in the past that I would trust to be able to use it correctly, properly, at all? You know so, what, though? That's, that's a problem, though. That is a problem. Yeah, you should be with somebody that you would trust right. to that's protect right. you from. I, if, it, if it was Chris, I would trust yeah, his ass yeah. to do it and do it properly because that would be well, our I, plan. I think you it's know? a larger societal problem. That's exactly right. Where, like, women, it, it's just this expectation. I've even heard Men it. should be embarrassed that well, people feel this way. And I yes, agree. I've even heard it from women who like back whenever I was younger, before my friends started having kids, I heard it from like a friend of mine and she was saying how like she felt differently about boys and girls as far as like going out and having sex. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's just like, well, the woman is the one who's going to have to have the baby. And I'm like, until we as a society mm-hmm. start making it everybody's responsibility and right. start right. saying that like, okay, but like. So is he. So was he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Just um, even to the point we've had this conversation before where it's like a guy in the business world, never you never get asked about how your kids are, who watches your kids, mm-hmm, all right. that stuff. And the thing of it is, it, it's just the same thing as like, oh, da- dad can watch the kids. 
or babysit. They're You're his not kids. babysitting. <laughs> These are your children. Yes. This is your responsibility yes. as well. They are a parent. What the fuck? Well, that's exactly <laughs> the reason why, like, the idea of pregnancy and, and kids has never been on my radar before. Um, part of it was just, like, not feeling established enough, still having questions mm-hmm. about myself and my own life and, or a true and all partner. that. And that was the other thing is that I didn't want to go through it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so and in a lot of ways, I would have been. And if you're not in a stable relationship, having a child no. the worst and everything decision. that that entails, it would put so much strain on your relationship. And also like just what pregnancy and postpartum does yeah. mm-hmm. to women or the people who go through that if you don't have a partner who's very supportive i imagine it's really difficult because like you know beyond now you have a newborn that you need to care for that relies on you for Mm -hmm. everything you also are going through your body just went through a trauma that's right (laughs) and you're recovering from that and then um your hormones are balancing out and then also there is something to be said about the fact that your body has changed now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine going through all of that and being with somebody who wasn't supportive a hundred percent reassuring yeah. you and being really supportive of you because that has to be such a like mind fuck emotionally. Yeah. I know. I think, I think single mothers are, are heroes, honestly, like yeah. because I, I have thought that it's, it's one of the hardest jobs that you can take on is being a parent. Is being yeah. a parent. Um, I think it's hard enough to do it with two people trying to do that job, mm-hmm. let alone mm-hmm. like trying to do it on your own. Life is hard enough to get through on I your was own. Say, <laughs> being an adult, being period, an adult is fucking going hard. Going to work, yes. paying all your bills on time, yes. maintaining all of your relationships. Now yes. do that with a baby. Oh my Listen, God. Listen, I, I will say this. Um, I was a single mom. I was a single mom for a, a, like six years before I met Chris. Here is what I will say. I have been so fortunate in my life that Dylan has had and still does the best dad Mm -hmm. for him. And although he and I never would have been great partners, he was a Mm co-parent in the best Mm -hmm. sense because he was always there for Dylan. He has always been dad Dylan. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I, 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 I grasp the idea that I was a single parent, but I thankfully never felt like a single parent. I was never alone. Anything that happened, anything like Dylan acting out, Dylan acting up, anything like that. It was always my first phone call was to Keith. Yeah, you had somebody on your team. We were a team. Yeah. We weren't a team in relationship, but we were a team in parenting. And that was so, so important to me. And I knew... I knew I could trust Dylan going to his house. I knew I could trust leaving him with him. And so on the days that I wasn't, you know, being a parent to Dylan, it allowed me to understand that Dylan had a second parent who really was there, who was super engaged and didn't, wasn't going to like call me for anything frivolous, was going to take care of his business and, and do it. And I trusted that. And it allowed me to feel like I had some actual life outside of being quote unquote, just a single parent. So right. I think, it, you know, it, it's I've never really felt like I did it alone, which is I'm so thankful for. Mm-hmm. But I wonder sometimes I feel like having a child in a relationship can almost feel like like sometimes it falls more 
on one person than the other, even when somebody's there. I know people who've been in relationships who can feel like single parents. It, yeah. Well, it absolutely does. So our latest episode of Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist that I just recorded this week that is going up on Monday um, or went up last Monday, I guess. We did an episode on motherhood and feminism and a big part of like my prep for that episode and a lot of the articles that I was reading for that episode were talking about the inequity of labor within relationships Mm -hmm. and how, yes, it's so much better than it was before and men do take on so much more of the responsibilities of like not only parenthood, but also um, domestic stuff as well around the house. Yeah. It is still like half of the amount of time. Wow. Women still take on double the amount of work mm. of um child rearing and also home stuff. And on top mm. of that, nowadays it is more common than not for women to also be working. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they are working the same amount as their partners and I'm talking and in a very paid less. In a very heteronormative <laughs> sense. Like I'm talking about, you know, male female partners they are getting paid less mm-hmm. than their husbands or, or male partners. And then they are also taking on twice as much home responsibility, home responsibility and parenting responsibility in and, general. And listen, you know, these are all things that I, that I, you know, thought about, but in the end, like my feeling is I, I feel very happy with my life mm-hmm. now. And yeah. that really doesn't have, uh, I mean, of course, Eric's part of it, but it's, it's more of a, I just feel so in my skin. Mm -hmm. I feel so comfortable about who I am, what I have to offer. At the end of the day, I was just like, I'm not getting one put back in. What happens will happen. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's almost like that kind of mentality. So that's what I said to mom and dad. Well, sorry, I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, are you going to be essentially just removing the goalie altogether? Yeah. Okay, so Just you're not going to do like condoms. Not going to do birth control okay, at all. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just remove yeah. the goalie, see what happens. So all remove right. the, the goalie and, you know, so, I, you know, tell my parents basically that their oldest child might, you know, have a baby. I don't know. I'm just and preparing them. And you're expecting them. them to be like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I got so far the opposite of that. <laughs> they looked at me. My mom's face visibly dropped. No. <laughs> the oh. fucking... Expression oh, on her face was that terrible. of a grimace. Oh, and she's like, "Oh, um, are you sure?" And I was oh, like, "Oh God!" I just started laughing. It was so funny to me because it was so the opposite of what I expected. And then my mom launches into basically like how geriatric I am. Jesus. Basically, it was like you are going to be forty. And you know, your life is practically over, Christina. My God. She's like, you know, when your kid is 10, like, you'll be 50. I can do basic math. Thank you so much. I know. know. Thanks, Jessica from Love is Blind. Like, (laughs) it was so ridiculous. And then she's like, you don't even like kids. And I'm like, Mom, like, sure it's God. First of all, I I know that you have said that before, that you don't like kids um, and that you don't feel like you have a maternal instinct. But first of all, I've seen you around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that is 100% true because I've seen you around babies. Yeah. You're definitely good with babies. And secondly, even if you weren't, your kid is different. It is. Like, your kid is different than random people's children. Right. Okay. So, like, there is nothing to say that. 
<laughs> it's yeah. gonna be the same you know yeah I mean she turned around she actually felt bad like before I left she's like I just want you to be happy like well you know blah blah, blah. I'm just you know worried because you're getting older and I'm like oh, okay thank, thank you we're not out so I'm like 40 is not dead and we we've talked about it too it's yeah. just like you know I've lived a rather like young and somewhat health conscious life right. I am in good shape and I'm healthy and a lot of the information that's out there calling 35 a geriatric pregnancy yeah. is based on studies done in France in the 1600s. Okay, right. I'm not even joking. No, I believe That's you. That's like the last time that they did any kind of real like studies about pregnancy. So our increased life expectancy. That's right. Also mm-hmm. with how healthy we are makes having a baby at 40 not an it's unattainable goal. Nothing. You know? Right. So. I mean, I was telling you like my friend Madigan um, her parents had her almost 30 years ago when they were in their 40s. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not like this is brand new either. People yeah. have been having kids older, quote unquote, yeah. for right. like a, a long time. And 70 isn't what it used to be. My God. I mean, no. like my mom... My mom could out hike me. I'm if I'm completely honest. Madigan's my mom could out walk me. Still, Madigan's mom is almost seventy, and she still goes on hikes with yeah. her. Yeah. Like she's very active. She still rocks bikinis. So Good shout out to Liz. Girl, you know shit. what I mean? Damn, like girl. I'm like it's it's different. It's all relative. It's different right. for everybody. Sure. There are people my age who are super unhealthy. That's right. You know, and yeah. there are people who are thirty years older than me who are <laughs> very fit. You know, and and doing the thing. So exactly. I'm like, if your body is is physically capable of right. carrying a baby, then you're, fi- in my opinion, you're fine. You should get your life, do what you want. Yeah. That's right. You know. Yeah. And so. everybody's timeline is going to be different. You know, like, I think that it's so easy for people to have like this scripted out idea of what life should look like right you get married when you're 24 23 you're gonna have kids by 25 by 30 you know i'm saying like all these like like these goal sets it's like like, that that who put together for you yeah right and And it might work for you that's right and and if it is like my sister that was hers she went she got it it works for her that's great that was not my journey that would not have worked for me i was not in that mindset um, and I, and I, I just, I, I think however you get to wherever you're going, yes. if you're like true to yourself, you know, I, 10 years ago, I definitely wouldn't have thought that that was even on the table for me well, at people, all. People want to have this comfort in feeling like they're able to plan out or predict what's going to happen in the future. And I think that there's a lot of fear that people have mm-hmm. around having children when they get, you know, quote unquote older because they're afraid that they won't be around for their kid. Right. right. Like for their kid as their kid gets older. I hear that oh, a I lot. I know. I'm living forever. No, right. Well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and regardless of that, completely, my dad died at 30. Okay. Yeah. And, there you go. And I was two years old. So yeah. regardless of when you have a child. That's right. It does. Nothing's it, guaranteed nothing in life. Nothing is guaranteed. Yep. There are no guarantees. Like you yep. can have a kid at 40 and, you know, you can live until you're 100 and see your kid grow up and get married and have grandkids and, yeah. and all those things. Or you can have a kid at 21 and die at 25. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like they're really it's you cannot base your decisions. Yeah. Basing your decisions on things that you have no real knowledge of. All you can do is your best, Mm -hmm. you know, try and live a good, healthy life so that you can be around for your children. But there are also people who do everything quote unquote 
right and still get sick and pass away. That's so right. there is no there's no guarantees. There aren't. And, and I'm just trying to like plan less in life yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. Like I I was that person that was just very much like goal oriented like sure. first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And now I'm just like listen, I'll remove I'll remove the goalposts and see what happens. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I'm trying to just be like just live in this moment and enjoy where I'm at and enjoy where I'm going without trying to force something into a a peg. There's going to be ups and downs regardless, you know, and you're not ever going to know what those are going to be. And I know that that's a conversation that you and I, Christina, have had many times of like struggling with that. Yeah. You know, of like picking a a path, you know, but the truth is, whichever path you go down, you're not going to know the result of if you had gone down the other path. So just move forward in what works for you now and your life will adapt around that. That's right. Amen. That's That's right. No right or wrong. And the thing, I think the thing big picture too is that, you know, as far as like timeline and having kids, the most important thing is that I think you, yes, what you may be 40, who cares? But the big picture is, is that you said exactly the thing which is that you're happy with your life as it is right now you're happy in your skin you're Mm -hmm. in a great personal space to bring a child into this world and i think that that's something that a lot of people forget because they have a timeline put in place Mm -hmm. my timeline's more important than my preparedness Mm -hmm. and my own personal health and well-being and this bringing a child into that Mm -hmm. yeah you know i'm ready for the the sacrifices that are necessary i'm ready for um the challenge and the struggles that it would bring um, in a way that I've, I've would never, never have been, been before. I have, I've done a lot of the work to have the tools in my toolbox where I feel like if I was responsible for bringing up another person, I could keep it alive. Number one, yeah. <laughs> number two, huh. actually like help it thrive. So yeah, yeah. I That's also, awesome. I also feel like you're in a good enough place that if it didn't happen for you, you'd also be okay. Exactly. You know, right. Where it's just like, y- you're happy regardless, you yeah. know, and I think yeah. that that is really important. Yeah. You we'll know, see your what, happiness what doesn't, doesn't yeah. just depend upon one thing or another thing and that's good yeah this was actually a really like appropriate like mother's day oh yeah like topic Mm -hmm. episode and i totally mean to make it a mother's day thing but yeah i definitely was like throwing that at my mom all weekend also i was like by the way this trip counts as your mother's day present so (laughs) (laughs) don't freaking expect anything (laughs) meanwhile you're like i'm too old to be getting you gifts anymore and i (laughs) we're recording on saturday and i've been trying to get my mom's mother's day card in the mail like since oh, no. Tuesday and I haven't done it but oh. you know what my mom kind of gets a kick out of that because it truly shows how much I am my mother's daughter and like this has kind of been a recurring theme where my mom's like I, I mailed your birthday card two days after your birthday it'll come <laughs> it'll come when it comes soon. <laughs> yeah. you know so I'm like oh thought the count that uh, that procrastination is hereditary uh, <laughs> well this is my worst state podcast I'm Christina I'm Keegan I'm Cassie <laughs> and I think for fuck Mary kill this week um in honor of mothers mm-hmm. okay maybe we should we should dive into that I know we've done TV moms we have in the past. we have I know we did um, Claire Huxtable. I remember that. Yeah. Are there movie movie mothers? moms? Like movie I was moms. thinking of um, no more wire hangers. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> oh, Mommy dearest! No. <laughs> oh no! Do we have any movie mothers? Movie <sighs> moms. Okay, let me think. What about, about it. Diane Keaton when she was when <gasps> she was like oh, the mom? Oh yes, yes, yes! In that movie, we had to watch for the Patreon. Um, Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson, The Family Stone. 
Oh, oh okay. Stone. Well, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but I'll take that too. She's the the matriarch in that. She also did the movie where she was like moved out to make jelly, like artisanal jelly in the country or something <laughs> and raise a baby or some shit. I have no idea what you're oh talking gosh. about. Now I have to look it up. <laughs> 100 notable moms from movies and television. Yeah, give me, well, there give we it to go. me. Jeez, this will have everybody. I thought so. Molly Weasley. Okay, I'm going with Molly Weasley from from Harry Potter. Oh, actually, <laughs> mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't hate Diane Keaton from Family Stone. Yeah, she's the the matriarch in that movie. And also, a, if people haven't watched it, she just wants the best for her family. Morticia right. Adams. Okay, hot. I would. I would. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Molly Weasley. All right. All right. I think she's a good mom. Um, mm. You know what? I'm going to go with Morticia Adams. I love it. Okay. Because I think she's a good mom, too. So I do, do I. Too. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. And you're going with oh, Family Stone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. 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 This is a good one. Fuck, oh, Mary man. Kill. It's actually kind of hard. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I know what I'm going to do. All okay. Right. Passion is very important to it me is. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It really Morticia. is. Like some people, mm-hmm. they're, you know, when you're in a long-term relationship, like sometimes things uh, things become more important. And I, I do get that. But passion is still something, it's not the most important thing in a relationship, but it is important to me. Morticia Adams mm-hmm. has a great, great you know relationship. their sex life is amazing. Oh, so good. Oh, yes. And I... Also, I think she's a very accepting, loving, mm-hmm. progressive, mm-hmm. amazing yeah. m- mama. Mama who's like, yeah, those are my kids. My fucking husband is hot and awesome. My kids are awesome. My house is awesome. <laughs> I'm awesome. Yes. She keeps that body snatched. snatched. Yeah. Yeah. I'm marrying Morticia Adams. Yep. I'm going to fuck. Molly Weasley. Oh <laughs> God! <laughs> oh, okay, Look, this is a hard one. I'm not gonna lie to you. This okay. is hard because I I feel like, and that's partially because I feel like it it will be tender. Um, Ugh. I feel like I know exactly. It's not your cup of tea. M- not always mine either. But sometimes in the right relationship, tender can be nice every once in a while. I I have a heart. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I have a heart. And I like I many different ways of making love and tender and Ugh, making love. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I am with you. A little bit I'm going to I'm going to make love to Molly Weasley. Oh, <laughs> I have to say, it, it, it was my choice and I'm struggling. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then I got to I, I got I to kill kill Diane Keaton and Family Stone. I love that movie. I really do. Um, but she she is. I don't think that she handles the situation in the best way. Mm-hmm. I don't think the communication's there. Yeah. And I think she's unnecessarily mean at times and kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. That's not the kind of relationship I want in my life. So there you okay. go. Okay. Okay. This is hard. This is hard because I could marry Morticia or Molly Weasley. Mm-hmm. I could really marry either one of them. Um, I know for sure what I'm going to do. I, yeah, I know what you're going to do, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to do, too. But I, uh, on the one hand, Molly Weasley will literally kill for her kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
and does so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Ride or she die. Comes in hot. Yeah. Ride or die mom and wife. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she is soups loyal mm-hmm. all three of these women i feel like are, are lawyer are loyal and loyal women. to their families yeah. and, their, to their, families and yeah, their kids yeah. uh it's it's hard for me because i i kind of want to do what you did Kath, mm-hmm. uh, christina because i think being married to morticia would be just great and i don't think i want to have like seven children which is what molly weasley has yeah uh i don't think i want a family that big although i do love molly weasley's big heart in that like no matter even though they're poor and they have seven kids of their own they still everybody is welcome to come stay Mm -hmm. in the summertime and they just make it work yeah (laughs) they're like Mm -hmm. they're like they have a lot of like surrogate children as well which i love that idea I'd love to be that kind of mom that's just like open door policy. Yeah. Everybody's welcome all the time. So, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I am going to actually marry Molly Weasley. Mm -hmm. Even though I really don't see myself as someone who wants a family that's that large, there's something so like warm and comforting about just being like, everybody's welcome. What if instead of it was kids, it was cats? (gasps) Even better. Open door cat policy. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just like, Molly Molly Weasley, when all those kids grow up and move out, is definitely like bringing home kittens. Uh Plus magic. Yeah. But you know. (laughs) I also like the idea of being married to somebody who like, look, you have... A wand that stirs all of your all of your soup for you and knits all of your sweaters. I yeah. appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna marry Molly. I'm gonna fuck Morticia, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna have to have a talk with Molly that that's gonna be an ongoing situation. Like yes. it's we're doing a polyamorous thing where oh, I have nice. my girlfriend. I have my girlfriend Morticia who I can go hang out with, and um, you know, to be honest, it's gonna be a Morticia Gomez sandwich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> situation. Oh, yeah, and I also just want to see like the Weasley kids. <laughs> And the Adams kids play together. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, an Adams. I Weasley feel like Wednesday date. Adams and Hermione should actually be besties. Oh, oh yeah. God, totally. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, same. I, I actually. Diane Keaton, upon my last watch, when we watched it for our Tainted Love movie for Patreon, she grew on me a little bit because I think as I've gotten older, I've had like more, I understand where her character is coming from a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, I I relate a little bit. Yeah. But she of the three, I think, would be the hardest for me personally to be married to. And part of it is because of that passive aggression and, yeah. and stuff we're that also she's seen like again we're talking snapshot of snapshot a yeah. right, right right whereas you get Morticia Adams in a series of and Harry Potter too and yeah. Harry Potter oh, too right yeah. So yeah, that's you, true you know. that is true but um I agree Keegan I'm doing the exact same thing I am going to marry really? oh, oh yeah surpri- okay no I'm definitely I what I'm surprised I thought for sure that a part of you would marry Diane Keaton no um, I don't like the snapshot of the life that I oh. saw, which is, I mean, and, and it's very sweet and the story is great, but, um, and I love, I still, will, I still love that movie, but I am going to marry Weasley because magic, A, number yeah. one, Magic's magic, great. B, the magic kids are, to do chores is exactly. a game changer. Especially if you have that many kids, it's the only way you get by. That <laughs> house is unique and I don't know why, but it is like quirky and I love it. Them kids are about to move out of that house. That's yeah. true. They're, they're all, all in they're high all school. They're all adults. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all like moving on out. Yeah. And that's fine. I um, I also feel like our parties would be so much fun. Oh, yeah. We would be, we would hang with like some of the coolest people. We right. would have such, it, it would be, so, we'd have a blast. We'd yeah. have a blast mm-hmm. together, right? 
And she can teleport me places. True. Porky me places mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then I am definitely going to fuck Morticia. That's oh, yeah. like, that is a no fucking brainer. Yeah. Like she is hot. God damn hot. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. And just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just a cool. Yeah. Human. I wanted to be, I, my personality is so not that kind no. of like cool, like calmly cool personality no. but i wanted it to be oh i still do i still I do like, i'm like she is she is goals for me for i'm yeah. sure i'm more anxious nerd than <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like definitely my personality is closer to to mrs weasley than it yes. is to, to morticia adams yeah yeah oh well that was a good one you pause we have a new patron i would like to shout out maria Pereira. Uh, who became our latest patron. Yes, so we are getting your gifts out to you ASAP. So look out for that, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us. We are truly, truly grateful for you and for all of our patrons. Yeah. All right, let's take five and we'll come back with stories. Sounds good. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. And we're back. All right. I will kick us off with stories. The year was 2005. I was an inexperienced, shy, and somewhat introverted college junior who couldn't get a date to save my life. (laughs) I spent hours watching the pickup artist and trying to implement Uh. mysteries, tips, and tricks on the women Uh. at our local college bars around town to zero success. Yeah, I can't believe it didn't work. That's weird. (laughs) Looking back, this was a majorly cringe moment in my life. I actually brought a deck of cards and tried oh to do magic God. tricks for random women in an effort for them to find me interesting. Oh, no. It didn't work. I'm oh. dying. No. P.S. Nagging doesn't work either. No. Steer clear of that show altogether. It's useless, and I have now come to understand misogynistic trash. Oh, hey. Good. You. Good. Hashtag hey, welcome. Yeah. Anyway. Having utterly failed at meeting women in person, I started spending more and more time online. I met a girl through a friend of a AOL friend who introduced us in a chat room. We got along well and were soon MySpace buddies. Top eight. Hey. Yeah. For (laughs) You could tell a lot about a person by what they did to their MySpace profile page. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very true. Top 12 expansion. (laughs) Yes. And this resonated so hard. Hers, let's call her Ash, was totally custom. You could tell the girl learned how to code so that she could trick out her page exactly yeah. how she wanted it. We all Same. did. Same. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone. We all did. And then now I wish I'd retained that information yes. because mine automatically played Regina Spector's Fidelity yes. upon, <laughs> upon going to it. I customized all of the colors, which were lime green and pink because it was 2006. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. But did you have glitter? 
I did didn't it sparkle. I didn't have glitter, but mm. I'm sure that I had that like custom like banner where you could write shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh god, yeah. yeah. I had some sort of custom wallpaper and stuff. Mm-hmm. My my space, I think about it now, went through several cringy. Yes. Oh yes, revamps. Yeah, because that's uh, the Regina Specter phase was when I was going through my like. Um, Zoe Deschanel quirky not yes. like the other girls manic pixie dream girl phase yes. where yeah. like the, I yeah. had a playlist on mine where uh-huh. it was like Regina Spector and like Belle and Sebastian and uh-huh. like Camera Obscura and I was like I'm not like the other girls in case you didn't notice but prior <laughs> yes. to that it was straight up like my chemical romance it was black with like yes. lime green writing you know what i mean the writing it was, was like going green. into a hot topic oh yeah 100 yeah 100 Oh man! Wow, butterflies <laughs> taking me back. <laughs> Glitter. I really, Skulls. really want to find my MySpace page. I tried. Oh. I, I if t- you I hard I've delete, it. it's yeah. I said it on this podcast before. I I contacted their customer service and I was like, "Is there oh. any way? Wait, they still have a customer service? Yeah, because yeah. they revived or they did like five years ago because they revived. Justin yeah. Timberlake bought it as like a music platform. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going to try to make it for musicians. Yes, but and I'm, yeah, I don't I, know where they're at now. I I can't imagine. <laughs> kind of want to. It's thriving. Do it. <laughs> just go back to MySpace. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. You know Face, what? Um, I'd be willing. Just the cool people go back yeah. to MySpace, and then we don't have to deal with like the rest of the bullshit on Facebook yeah. and everything else. I'm on board. Mm. I don't have to read your comments about Adrena Chrome. <laughs> oh. uh, okay. I noticed that her banner was Pirates of the Caribbean themed, but since that was a pretty big movie at the time, I didn't think much of it. I thought she was beautiful in that 2005 scene girl kind of way. She wore massive amounts of eyeliner around her bright blue eyes and her hair was obviously colored dark. She took all of her pictures from that infamous Mm -hmm. MySpace angle (laughs) where you hold the camera high above your head. Yep, (laughs) same. Mm -hmm. Again, all of this was pretty standard for a 19 year old at the time. We started talking a lot on AOL and wrote each other long letters on MySpace Messenger. Oh, do you remember when you used to write like actual letters? Like it was like dear so and so, and it was like a full letter like you would send in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was floored that things were going so well with a girl. (laughs) Finally, we decided to meet up. We went to an eighteen and up bar, and she seemed just as charming in real life as she did online. Things were looking promising. She asked if I'd like to come back to her place at the end of the night. Hell yes, I would. She said that she had an apartment in the basement of her parents' house. I assume this meant one of those situations where she had her own entrance and whatnot, but that was not the case. (laughs) When we got to the house, all the lights were off. She told me to be very quiet. At this point, I'm wondering why we didn't just go back to my apartment, but I was too excited to care. She slowly unlocked the door, careful not to jingle the keys, and we tiptoed inside in darkness. Only the light of her flip phone led the way. Oh, (laughs) my God. We go down the stairs where she unlocks another door that led to the basement. Finally, we had made it. She flips on the light to her basement room, and I almost yelped out loud. (gasps) I think my hand actually flew up to her mouth, uh, to my mouth. Her apartment, which was really more like a dorm, was wallpapered. I mean, wall to wall covered <gasps> in cut out pictures of Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I was not. I He 
was everywhere. <laughs> I just said wallpaper. I'm thinking like flowered. Like, no, no. Wallpaper. Like, like I'm picturing like she went through and cut out yes. pictures and, and like, like decoupaged. <laughs> oh my God. It's like very sizes. Like there's small ones and then the big, big ones. The poster size. Oh God. On her bed were Pirates of the Caribbean plush toys. Oh, no. The shelves had Pirates of the Caribbean oh. statuettes. I oh. felt dizzy. Oh! She told me to make myself at home as if this was a totally normal bedroom. <laughs> Everywhere I looked, Johnny Depp's eyeliner-coated eyes were looking down on me. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't work under this pressure. No. Johnny's no. watching. <laughs> I told myself to chill. This was fine. What mattered was that we were in the bed. I was in the bedroom with a real life girl and the possibility of sex was on the table. Oh, gosh. (laughs) She pulled out a story. Just takes me back so hard. She pulled out a bottle of Smirnoff from underneath her bed. Oh, my God. Lukewarm bottom shelf vodka. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I needed something, anything to distract me. So we each took a shot. Before long, we were making out. And I fully decided to let go of the weirdness of the pirate's bedroom. Things escalated and soon we were both naked. We're getting ready to do the deed when she stops me. No. no. She tells me to hold on. No. She wants to try something. No. Um, okay, fine, but you better hurry. No. She rushes over to her closet and I shit you not, she pulls out a Jack Sparrow costume. costume. No. Oh, no. Can I call you captain? <laughs> and asks me to put it on no! complete with wig. <laughs> you have, this better be a creepy pasta. I know, right? I, I was dumbfounded, but at this point, I have a boner and haven't gone this far with a girl in, well, ever. No, he so did not do it. I reluctantly agree. <laughs> he lost his virginity as Captain Jack Sparrow. I put it on as quickly as I can and we start having sex. Honestly, I would have worn anything in that moment. I'm getting close to climaxing and I can tell she's really enjoying herself. I start to come and as I do, she yells out, oh, Jack. Obviously, my name is not Jack. (laughs) Afterwards, I tell her I had a great time, which was mostly true, even if it was weird as fuck, and tell her I have an early class the next day and need to head out. I tiptoe back out of the house and head home. We continued to talk on MySpace after that, but I'll admit it was weird and it was a weird enough experience that I didn't really want to repeat it. I had lost my virginity dressed as Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. God. Still, I credit this experience with giving me the confidence to get out there and start dating. I got my first serious girlfriend that year and successfully uh, moved out of the awkward boy phase of life. I deleted my MySpace a few years later and I still wonder what happened to that girl. Oh (laughs) my my God. Somebody is living with a shame receipt that Uh they made somebody dress up as Captain Jack Sparrow. And it's like, are they? It's, it's fa- there's fan fiction is one thing. Yes. It's a real thing. She it keeps exists. a costume in her closet for this you, occasion. You, oh my goodness. When it branches into real life, that is wow. chef's kiss. But I want to know in all those, lo- okay, look, I get it. She's got a Pirates of the Caribbean backdrop, but like, in all those conversations you had, like I feel like this should have leaked in more. Yeah, if it, her whole but, life was wallpapered with it, you'd think she'd be like, 
Do you want to go see Pirates of the Caribbean for the 18th time? Something. You want to come over and watch all of them? I have them on but DVD. Here's the thing. Like, even if somebody said that, they could really like a movie. But this is like Dear Barbara. God, yeah. you walked into like a <laughs> good God. I can't imagine. Oh, dear. That is really spectacular. Wow. <laughs> I really want that girl to write in. <laughs> hundred percent. Just, just like that. That was me. I I, I feel I real weird about it now. I, I mean, <laughs> I loved that. I'm not gonna lie. I loved that. I saw the first one. Granted, I was 14. I yeah. saw the first one in theaters four times. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I was obsessed, and I thought Johnny Depp was hot as hell on it. I really did. Yeah. But I even at 14, I did not wallpaper my no, no. my room. No. Okay? No. <laughs> no. No. Mm. Okay. Ugh, warm vodka shots. I, I, I'm Smearing sorry. Off that one landed like a little <laughs> later just because everything else was so wild. My but. parents Tastes like straight rubbing alcohol. Oof. My parents don't really drink that much. Um, they had like kind of stocked up the bar for like the whole family being there. They had a bottle of Kamchatka, y'all. <laughs> Kamchatka vodka. I was oh, like, I don't even know, I don't even know what, what that, that is. is. It's is even, it plastic? It's, is it it's plastic. plastic. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. No. I, I, there's, oh. A, there's a strict age cutoff to when you have Cheap to stop. Vodka. You have to stop drinking anything that's in a plastic bottle. Yeah, like pop-off or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah pop-off, yeah. <laughs> okay. A whole bunch of years ago, I had, st- I had what started out as a great first dinner date with a guy total sweetheart, easily flowing conversation, and a ton of laughter. But at the end, when he was in the bathroom, I put my credit card down and paid for us both. Bold gender moving. Okay. Gender bending move. I like it. Uh, When he came back, he was shocked and upset that I paid the bill. Oh. He insisted on taking me to a fancy steak restaurant immediately. Did we not just eat? Sir. Like, literally immediately wait what after we had just finished our first dinner i laughed and playfully said don't worry i only got the check this time you're getting it on our second date i was being genuine i was looking forward to another date we get into a cab and i tried to give the driver directions to drop me off at home but my date interrupted no. and told the cab driver the name of the steak restaurant. I, okay, sure. Here's the thing: like, if you if you genuinely feel like, oh, I want to, I really wanted to pay for something. Let's go get dessert. Let's go right. like get drinks after yes. dinner. Drinks. Like, There's a million ways for this to go. Yeah, and you, this is not the way. You can take me to a really fancy cocktail bar yes. and buy me some overpriced cocktails yes. if that's really how you feel. Like exactly. Uh, I enthusiastically protested but he wouldn't take no for an answer red flag and i was too young and naive at the time to stand up for myself as i would now so there i was completely full from the first dinner pushing a steak around my plate for an hour trying to humor the situation that's so weird yeah it's like what's fourth dinner second dinner (laughs) eleven seats eleven seats yeah (laughs) At the end, when the check came, he immediately handed his card to the server, then smirked at me and said, now let's go back to my place. I'm too full to fuck you now. You've ruined ruined it. I've got meat sweats now. (laughs) I've eaten two dinners, Uh -uh. sir. I've never felt less sexy, you know? I wasn't expecting that, so I joked, this is only the first date. What kind of girl do you think I am? But seriously, how about we wait a little while for that, Okay. 
he pushed it. It's no. technically the it. second date now. We're having our second dinner of the night. Okay. I hate this person. I stayed firm on my answer. Sorry, but I'm going to call it a night. And that's when his face totally changed. Mm-hmm. The yeah. smile melted into a scowl of disgust. Mm-hmm. And he says in a, in a downright menacing voice, you women are all the same. Yeah, he wanted to pay for dinner so that you would feel obligated to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. And he was mad that you didn't give him the opportunity to be able to have that leverage. That's that's the situation. I fucking hate this guy. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. My jaw drops in shocked amusement. I didn't know what to say and I just sort of nervously laughed. He continues, I just paid for you to have a really expensive steak dinner and you still won't put out. Go so fuck fucking yourself. typical, you fucking prude. Wow. That's when I stopped being polite and started getting real. Yeah. MTV <laughs> reference. Yeah. Real world. Real yeah. world. By laughing in his face. He continues to berate me and the server walks by and overhears it. He starts laughing at him too and points at him and says, she's laughing at you because you're a pathetic prick. Oh, ooh, God ooh. bless. God bless. Sir, are you single? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are you doing after your shift? Yeah. Right. Uh, I walk out of the restaurant and the dude follows me. I tell no. him to stay back. I try to hail a cab. He actually starts yelling at me, going on and on about I don't know what because I stopped listening. Mm-hmm. Just then a group of bros walk out of the bar next door and witness what's going on. So they yell at him. Leave her alone, you fucking psycho. Yeah. So Dude, my- <laughs> so many like good men in this story, like mm. bystanders. This is what you do. Okay? This is what. Exactly. Exactly. So my lovey date turns to them and starts shouting obscenities at them instead. And they all burst out laughing. This guy was giving everyone in his path a serious case of the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> While he was distracted by them, I hopped into a cab and figured I'd seen the last of him. Years later, I started to see his picture online. A bunch of people who work in his industry came forward about his misogyny and sexual assault. Elfine. Wow. Imagine being for like, listen, I'm I'm always hungry. So but literally like taking you to a second dinner. Well, it's it's a red flag that he wouldn't listen to her because again, like I feel like if he had really just, if it was genuinely just a thing that like, oh, I really enjoyed our company and I was actually, I really wanted to treat you to dinner or mm-hmm. I wanted to treat you to something, then why don't you present other options? It's like, she's clearly not hungry anymore. If it right. was a genuine offer, you would say something like, okay, well, do you want to maybe go get dessert on me or get after dinner drinks on me? Yeah. Or if you're really too tired, then, you know, yeah, next time. And also it's on me. she offered, she was like, oh, okay, I got this one. And she, yeah, she, she was having fun yeah. on the date. He literally could he just blew it. Cool. He just, yeah, it was he all about his... him wanting to get laid that night. Well, oh I mean, God. and he would have had a better chance to get laid that night if he hadn't done what he did, but it, it was about power and control more than it was yeah. about anything else absolutely and honestly this is why prostitution should be legal if that's all you're looking for then just go also i don't want to subject a sex worker to that to be honest i mean (laughs) because a man like that is probably not treating anybody very well this is probably true yeah Yeah. that's accurate good point all right buckle yourselves in for this well-written story that i found on reddit and i hope that I can read it as well as it's written. Awesome. I'm going to use my best David Attenborough voice. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> that laugh was amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> 
To say that I was excited for this date was an understatement. He was arriving at 7.30 p.m. And so I started getting ready around 5 p.m. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds about that right. Tracks. Giving myself oodles of time. Stepping into the shower, I allowed the hot, soapy water to rush all over my skin as my mind wandered to what it would be like to be Greg's girlfriend. <laughs> that is a vibe for it's real, a though. a real thing. Yeah. That is a real thing. Yeah. What our enormous house would look mm-hmm. like. Oh, how I many children we would have. I mean, as women, we're predisposed to envisioning our wedding before we've even met the guy, right? <laughs> I would be flouting the conventions of my own sex if I hadn't already sketched out the wedding cake in my head and how Aunt Auntie Pat would lead the conga line at our wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, okay, it, listen, I'm going to be real. These thoughts. Yep. Are a vibe, and this it's is something thing. that that people do. Just for God's sakes, don't bring it up. Don't <laughs> no. Don't you keep that inside? You bury deep it deep down. down. Bury yep. it deep, deep down. You never tell Greg. No, yeah. Greg okay. doesn't need to know this. No, no, nobody does. Nobody. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you told us. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, two hours later, I emerged like a beautiful butterfly mm. from a cocoon, legs shaven and moisturized, eyebrows Listening. plucked, and makeup meticulously applied. Definitely going to make an impression tonight, I mm. thought, as I slipped into my skin-tight dress and eyed myself in front of the mirror. Just one more thing, and my outfit was complete. My secret weapon, my pièce de, de résistance, my double D mega pusher upper oh, yeah. bra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had one of those, and it was magic. It, oh, yeah. It, Y'all remember the water bra? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the one from Victoria's Secret that pushed not only from the bottom, but also the side. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. But on front and center. All, yeah. all the angles. <laughs> hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but as I searched through my drawer, I could not seem to find it. Bra, bra, where are you? I murmured to myself as I searched through my drawer, became more frantic. I can't believe that it's not here, I sputtered as I finished through an endless sea of ginormous granny panties and black tights. (laughs) Yeah. How could I have planned everything so meticulously to have forgotten such an integral part of tonight's outfit? I couldn't possibly go bereft of bra. This dress demanded one for a maximum cleavage. Mm. Hastily, I tried to fi- uh, tried a few other bras. I had had basic cotton ones lacking in both underwire and oomph. Mm-hmm. I could feel hot tears welling up in the corner of my yeah, eyes. No. This if is I real. couldn't locate this bra, then I just would look like Macaulay Culkin in a dress. Oh! <laughs> This I this is real too. Like I'm sure yeah, we've all been in the, so real. It is. Yeah. We've all been in this situation where like your heart is set on something mm-hmm. and if you cannot achieve it yep. or find it, you get irrationally Irrational. yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Where it's just like I've definitely cried over things that don't seem like you should be crying about. Oh, yeah. no, because you're, it's, you've built it up. Yeah, you've yeah. built this image and it has yeah. to be exactly the You're this not going to get that ginormous house with Greg yeah. without having that push up bra tonight. No. It ain't going to happen. Greg's, Greg's not interested. Oh, you posted, one of you posted a picture of us when we went to prom. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. I did. And this happened to me when I was trying to put my prom outfit together because we went to like a, a dance party oh, on New yeah. Year's Eve that was a prom party. And we went shopping together to find our prom outfits. And I was like, I have the perfect tiara to wear. It's at home. And it completed my prom look. And then I got home and I was looking for it and looking for it. And I could not find it. And I found out that Anthony had like gotten rid of it. Oh. And I was 
so upset. I was like oh. so upset about it. Like it's like I'm like in my head. You're like completed my vision. You? Like how yeah. dare you? I had to go to Claire's and buy a new tiara. Oh my god! For my adult prom party. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like legit mad yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Know? Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> right. I'm going to have to fashion a bra to something, I said determinedly <laughs> as my eyes scanned the room. No. Goodness knows what I was looking for, Madonna cones. Then I had a brainwave and scuttled off to the bathroom. I emerged five minutes later with cleavage that even Jordan would be jealous oh, of. No. I'm not who sure, sure who Jordan is, but... Me neither. Apparently mm-hmm. they'd be okay. jealous. Uh, oh, are, are they English? Mm-hmm. I think that there is... Yeah, yeah. yeah there's oh. like a um, famous... Anyway, yes, I know what you're talking about. I'll show you later. (laughs) Ingeniously, I had managed to find a reel of thick cello tape that I had wound the entire reel multiple times around my breasts, (gasps) and I had pushed them tight together so tightly that I had created a firm and unmoving killer cleavage. Okay, but... (laughs) Practical and thrifty, I thought. term, if you guys hook up, was he gonna rip the tape off your titties? <laughs> is it saran wrap? Like cello? It's like cello tape. So it's it's, uh, it's like cellophane tape. Cellophane tape. Wait, like clear tape. I, oh no, like packing tape? No, like a uh, like normal. Okay. Either tape. way, tape is bad. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. When yeah. you go to, when it's... you go to hook up, it's not good. Practical and thrifty, I thought, allowing myself to an air punch. I was just about to apply a slick of lips, lip gloss when I heard the ping of my oven and remembered that I'd popped pizza in. I'm way too much of a lightweight to knock back a few G&Ts on an empty stomach. Very smart. Yeah. Wise move. By the time I got to the kitchen, I was salivating like Pavlov's dog and it was an old old cumbersome oven circa 1980s, which had come with the house and seldom cleaned. I put, I'd put the oven in the bottom shelf, which oh, was no. near the floor. So I stooped low over the oven, gave the handle a good yank. With that, an enormous plume of thick, acrid smoke no. bounded out like a cloud. The smoke was hot and pungent, and I could feel it envelop my whole head, making my eyes sting. The smell was an offense to mankind. <laughs> a cross between a damp armpit and oven grease. Yes. Oh, and she Hurriedly, I yeah. ran to the toilet in a futile attempt to spray my hair furiously with perfume. Mm. However, it was too late. The smell had fastened itself to my curls. I checked my watch five yep. minutes to go. There was no way I could wash and restyle my hair in time. Instead, I threw on my coat, went outside to meet my date. And what one may describe as a fortuitous circumstances, given the fact that I was wearing cello tape as a bra and my head smelled like an oven, my date turned out to look nothing like the pictures he had carefully selected for Hinge. <laughs> Imagine you thought that you were going on a date with George Clooney uh, circa ER days, but what you actually got was a man who face reminded you that you need to get your dog wormed. If oh I, my God. Jesus, that is cruel. Dang. Vicious. Vicious. Coming in hot. Uh Maybe he'll have a dazzling personality, I reasoned, but I couldn't have been more wrong. Grade had the personality, all the personality of a teabag. But being a veteran dater, I knew I couldn't slip away this early. And so I allowed Greg to drone 
tediously on about his drab job as the head of marketing for a low budget stationery company as I pounded Chardonnay after Chardonnay. <laughs> the more he boasted about how much he earned, the comp- the car that he drove, and that he was uh, was the company's most valuable asset, the intoxica- uh, the more intoxicated I became. And was and was this my imagination? The tighter my chest felt, oh, as no. if it was being compressed. Well, oh yeah. So I've uh, doubled my sales in the last two months, and well, <laughs> as you can imagine, my paychecks have been pretty impressive. Broasted Greg. Oh, congrats, glug wine, wheeze of chest, shooting pain. Oh, no. I suppose. Yeah, Greg swiftly cuts me off. It's pretty astonishing how quickly I've discovered my niche, really. Although I I think you will find there's not much I don't excel at when I try. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cool story, bro. Yeah. Oh, and what else you excel at? Glug of wine, wheeze of chest, shooting pain. <laughs> Greg fires me a sultry wink and flicks his tongue around inside his mouth. No. Uh, I heave a little inside. I'm sure one day you'll find out, he purrs. But yes, money isn't the only perk of this job, he concludes before knocking back his fourth GNT. It's pretty much cheap stationery for life. Oh well, <laughs> what? <laughs> well then, well great. Uh-oh. Nothing, nothing makes the panties fly off faster. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love a highlighter? I offer <laughs> massive clug of wine, massive wheeze of chest, shooting pain, and another clug of wine to ease the pain. As the night wore on, I tried to use the noise of the club to drown out Greg's mundane work chat, but the shooting pain in my chest was not abating. I feel like you need to go to the hospital. Are you okay? (laughs) Excusing myself, I scuttled off to the loos, and once once ensconced inside the cubicle, I took off my top to inspect the damage. My cleavage was still intact, but the sellotape uh, around my breast had become thin and tight like barbed wire, making them red and raw. Honey. I glanced at my... it's not an, like Greg isn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I glanced at my watch. I'd only been there just over an hour, so leaving was not a good day etiquette. Maybe I can drink through the paint, I reasoned, and headed for the no. bar for another g Take it off. You don't need to have a bra on. It's fine. <laughs> the bar was teeming with people, all pushing and shoving to get served. I nudged my way toward, uh, forward and moved to an opening adjacent to the bar. I had just ordered my drink when I felt a slight tug in my hair and turned around to see a big man grab my... Uh, chunk of my hair what hold it to his nose and take a whiff Urg, he declared loudly her hair smells of anal <laughs> oh no That's you guys i had on a million levels i have to say that i when we we had a campfire one oh. of the nights when i went to ohio and i was just like I've washed my hair twice since then. I still catch a whiff of it. Isn't that wild? But, but gets, I love campfire. I do Camp, too, but not on my hair for days. Campfire yeah. is different than um, the like oven grease. Oven, oven smell, <laughs> you know? Uh, she said, actually, it smells of oven. I corrected him, but my retort was lost in the noise of the moron laughter. Well, why the fuck are you touching me, <laughs> sir? Exactly. Thank you, exactly. Don't touch my hair. And that was it. I was done. Screw date etiquette. My breasts were shredded. My date looked <laughs> like he was an unwarmed dog. And I told my... <laughs> told my... I was told my hair smelled like a sex position. <laughs> I threw a cautionary sideways glance towards my left and saw Greg was furiously typing away on his phone, probably Bye. pacing an emergency order of paper clips for himself. Stepping out of the club... <laughs> 
the cold night hair enveloped me like a hug. I cut the monstrosity of the bra off with a sharp stone I'd found on the gutter oh and hailed a cab. <laughs> I'll text Greg in the morning, I promised myself, as I temporarily blocked his number. <laughs> of course, I never did. And for all I know, he's still there waiting for me now. Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. No, I mean, we've all done like crazy stuff for for fashion and everything like that. You know, 100 percent. I definitely, you know, bought shoes just because they oh, look yeah. nice, not because you want to be wearing them for speaking, an entire evening. Speaking of prom, remember I bought those shoes and yes. I wore them to and prom that like, night and I was like, I think I'm I think my feet are going to fall off. Yeah. 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 I was like, I think my toes are going to fall off. Yeah. Oh gosh! <laughs> I was like, but they match my dress so perfectly. I I also had that same shoe situation. Yeah, the real high. Oh, what the fuck was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Just because it's prom, don't mean we got to go like you that. were thinking. We look damn good. That's, that's right. We did. <laughs> we, that's a yeah. We came in hot. And we stayed in hot. That's right. Okay. So, I I had extra time to prepare for my. Uh, tainted love story this week. Mm-hmm. Did I utilize it? No. no. Did you do it last night? Uh, I did it yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a really, really hard time. I just had coming a really hard time coming up with some. Yeah. I really did. Like nothing felt inspiring to me. Uh, but then I stumbled across, of course, a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this woman named Kendall Ray on YouTube. She just does true crime stories. That's all she does. Mm-hmm. And it came up in my suggestions. And I was like, let's give this a watch. Yeah. And so most of the information I got is from her uh, her covering of this. And then I also read some murderpedias about this one. So I am going to talk about the murder of Cody Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cody Johnson was born on April 8th, 1988 in San Jose, California. And growing up, he was really close with his mom and they seemed to have a really sweet relationship. And when Cody was still pretty young, his mom made the decision to move Cody out of San Jose and into a smaller town because she just believed that it would be just a safer environment. Wanted to get him out of California and somewhere where he could really be around nature. So mm-hmm. In 2002, his mother moves Cody to Kalispell, Montana, which is in the northwestern region of the state. It's a small, really low-key tourist city of only about 20,000 people, and it's home to Glacier National Park, and it's known for its picturesque scenery and wildlife. It looks fucking gorgeous. (laughs) I will say that. It's a place I would visit, not live. I mean... Probably not me either, but I mean, it is, it's, it looks beautiful. It's like yeah. wide open yeah. spaces, big, beautiful sky, you know? Big sky Montana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cody absolutely loved it there. He was super outdoorsy and he spent a lot of time in Glacier National Park and a lot of time riding around on dirt bikes, shooting with friends, etc. Pretty typical, like Midwestern kid stuff, honestly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah. he thrived on it. He was described as extremely likable and willing to do anything for anybody. He was very outgoing and charismatic, and people just really, really liked him overall. He had lots of friends. We all know people like that. Mm-hmm. You meet them, immediately you're drawn to them, and you know that's the person who ends up with like 80,000 friends. They don't meet a person that isn't their friend. Yeah. He also had a passion for cars and would basically talk about cars to anybody who would listen 
And when he was still pretty young, he actually started the hobby of tricking out cars and making them custom cars and would eventually go on to turn this into a business focusing primarily on commercial cars. So he was a commercial car builder, custom commercial cars. In addition to his car business, he also took a job at a communications company called Nomad Communications. So he was pretty much killing the game for a guy in his 20s, Yeah, right? He's got his own business. Uh, you know, we were just talking on our Patreon episode, which we did on Cocktail the movie, about so how like good, you guys <laughs> <laughs> You should definitely listen to the episode for sure. <laughs> but we were talking about how like you don't necessarily need to go to college to be successful. And Cody for sure did that. He's like he had his own company, he had a good job, yeah. he's living the dream, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. His boss at Nomad was his best friend from childhood, Cameron Fredrickson, and they got along really well. So his work life is great, you know, and his friend life is great. Things are going really well for him. He's happy. The only thing that was missing was that he really, really wanted a wife and family. So he told his friends that he was looking for a nice church girl to share his life with. On Halloween 2011, Cody met Jordan Graham. Jordan was born in August of 1991, and unlike Cody, Jordan was described as shy, reserved, and quiet, and Cody was determined to, he he was drawn to her immediately and was determined to, like, pull her out of her shell, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. seemed kind of like his personality anyway, you know, and once he did, he fell in love with her, like, hard and fast, pretty much immediately, She was everything that he was looking for. Not only did she enjoy spending time outdoors, especially in Glacier National Park, but she was also very, very religious. She was actually far, far more religious than he was. She came from a strict Christian family and spent a lot of her free time at church. All of her friends were church friends. It was a it was her identity, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She spent um She spent a lot of her time working in the church nursery around children. And when she left high school, she went on to work as a nanny for some of the families within the church. And it was her dream to get married and be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. So by all accounts, when Jordan and Cody first met, he was way more into her than she was into him. Mm -hmm. She took a little bit of coaxing and he wanted to show her how serious he was about her. So he started going to church with her. And eventually, because he's just a likable person, her friend group became his friend group. You mm-hmm. know, like they all started kind of like hanging out together. They're like, hi, hi, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Cody? Where's Cody at? Where's Cody? Yeah. <laughs> Is Cody coming? He's coming, right? Yeah, right. He's going to be here, right? We saved yeah. him a spot. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Could you call him? <laughs> make sure. Uh, Let's make sure. <laughs> just one triple check. We really like him. Uh, and they just kind of fell into becoming a couple. You know how that can happen so cody was head over heels for jordan telling his mom only after a couple of dates that he planned to marry her and for jordan celibacy was very very important she did not want to have sex before getting married and cody agreed with this he was like okay whatever you want Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. though people did note that jordan seemed happy during this time Pretty much everybody remarked that she was less into the relationship than Cody was. And when they were in public together, they weren't affectionate at all. They didn't even hold hands. And Hmm. it's hard because hmm, having grown up in the church, in Mm -hmm. this kind of church environment, there were definitely people who took purity culture to that extreme where like they did not kiss or hold hands 
basically, until they were married. So uh, I don't know if that's what this was uh, or if it was something else. But after my school did the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> after dating for a year, they decided to get engaged. And this actually, despite the fact that Jordan seemed happy and they'd been together for a year, it still surprised some of Jordan's friends who felt like she wasn't serious enough about Cody to get engaged. But you never actually know what's going on inside of a person's relationship. And um, a lot of people just chalked that up to her shy nature. They were like, well, she's just reserved. So we don't know what, what it's like when they're alone together, you know? Mm-hmm. So they set a date for June 29th, 2013, and both were excited to plan the wedding. A lot of people actually remarked that it seemed, and this is very common, especially for girls or women who are young, uh, that Jordan seemed more excited about the wedding than Mm -hmm. she was about the marriage and like the prospect of being married. Like Mm. She wanted to plan a wedding, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that they decided to do to make the wedding unique was to have a song written specifically for them to dance to for their first dance. (laughs) So they hired a songwriter. Uh, They sat down with her on multiple occasions. She got to know them, and she wrote a country song uh, with lyrics like, quote, you helped me to climb higher for a better view, and you're my safe place to fall, etc., Cassie's literally crawling Dying. out of her skin right now. Dying. I hate this. It's terrible. <laughs> so much. I know. Look. I this this is already the worst story we've ever done. <laughs> Cody also bought a house for the couple to move into after the wedding. So after the wedding, they were gonna move into their new home and they spent a lot of time talking about how they were gonna decorate it. You know, Jordan seemed very excited for that part of domestic life. Yeah. Um, I am sorry. I'm still in the song. Yes. The oh, yeah. song written. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Cassie, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I literally need to step out and go puke real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> BRB. <laughs> BRB. On the day of the wedding, Jordan was described as being nervous. Uh, part of it had to do with her not feeling completely ready to consummate the marriage. But some of the attendees just thought that she seemed really awkward and uncomfortable during the entire wedding. Uh, I saw the video of their first dance. and oh. So you heard the song. Oh, I did. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> and I feel like Kendall Ray, the, the woman who... Her video is amazing. You guys should all go watch it because it's far better. She does a better job than I'm going to be able to do. However, she kind of tries to convince me that the awkwardness faded away as they danced their first dance to their custom country song. But if that's the least awkward she was, it was it still looked pretty damn awkward to me. They looked like middle schoolers at a church dance like but it was like. You know, you know that zombie pose, it was right? Sway, the sway, the zombie yeah, sway. Yeah, the zombie sway, except for it was reversed. Like usually, um, you know, usually the man has his hands around the woman's waist. Yeah. And the woman oh. has her hands on the man's shoulders. <laughs> he had <laughs> his hands on her shoulders. <laughs> oh. oh. It was weird. It was just, it looked awkward. Anyway, yeah. it was mm. be uncomfy. Yeah. 
At the end of the day, Cody and Jordan were uh, officially newlyweds. Cody was 25. Jordan was 21. And Cody made no secret about how happy he was. He was so ecstatic to be married to Jordan that he said that he felt high and that his wedding day was the happiest day of his life. And of course, he was eager to consummate the marriage. Yeah. The couple spent one night in a hotel and then settled into their new house where they spent the week off from work decorating their new home. On the final day before Cody was supposed to return to work, he was supposed to go golfing with some friends, but canceled instead to go to church with Jordan and then head out for some nature time on the lake. So, I don't like that. After don't going, do it. Don't do the nature time on the lake. Go, go. After going to the lake, they went back to church again at 5.30 to meet up with some friends before going to Dairy Queen for dinner and then head, which Dairy Queen sounds fucking delicious. I'm not gonna for dinner? Well, they serve food. Yeah, they serve, they serve like chili dogs and, and shit. Yeah, and like, I mean, I want to go there for a peanut butter parfait, but they do have pretty good chicken yeah. tenders. Um, <clears throat> chicken tendies. Tendies. <laughs> and then they headed home from Dairy Queen around 8 p.m. The next day, Cody's BFF slash boss is excited to welcome back welcome him back to work and congratulate him on his marriage, but he doesn't show up. And Cody is usually the first person in the office after Cameron around 6 a.m. or so. Um, so as the hours start to tick by, he's not there. He starts to grow concerned. He calls him. He doesn't pick up. So he's like, you know, this is a small town. I'll just go over to your house. Yep. So he drives over to the house. He knocks on the door. No one answers. And at this point, he's concerned enough that he decides to find a way into the house. I feel like this is some small town shit. Listen, totally. Because he's like, uh-oh, there's don't, been a gas leak. Don't you ignore me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're dying in there. I need to get in. I got to get in there. I got to get in there. So he does get into the house and he starts snooping around. He just said that he had a really bad feeling. Like this was so unlike his friend. Because mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, look, you can have a bad feeling, but I'm also like... It's been like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like how worried could you be? Um, but he gets more worried when he goes into the garage and finds Cody's phone in the garage, uh, and that really concerns him because Cody usually, you know, like the rest of us millennials, right. carries his phone around with him everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. right. And so he's like, "That's uh, weird." So he starts calling around to Cody's friends and family, and no one has seen him since eight p.m. the night before when he went to Dairy Queen. Hmm. So. Uh, the day is wearing on. No one's seen C Cody or Jordan at this point. And so Cameron is starting to get really, really worried. And he goes to the police station to make a report. <laughs> this is proactive BFF vibes. I know. Yes. <laughs> like, you're like, eh, I just have a bad feeling. Yeah, you're like, you know what? Better safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. So this all took place on July 8th, 2013. The couple had only been married a little over a week at this point. Wow. Unlike a lot of the cases we talk about, the police took this seriously right away. Even sounds though, about white. Yeah. Right? That's what I thought too. I was like, okay. Um, even though Cody had only been missing for a relatively short period of time, the officer who took Cody's statement was curious as to why his boss was reporting him missing. Where was his wife? Yeah. <laughs> well, later that afternoon, a friend of Jordan's gets a text from her asking if she had seen Cody. And she tells this friend that Cody had left the house the night before with a group of friends she didn't recognize. Okay. And she mm -hmm. says that Cody texted her to say he was going out with friends from out of town and would be back later. But like, I thought his phone was in the garage. Yeah. I'm like, right. Okay. Phone in the garage. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> So Cody's friends and family hear about this and it seems suspicious. One, he just got married. 
He was yeah. married for a week. Two, what friends from out of town? Like, it's yeah. a small town. They all know each other. Three, and most importantly, his phone was in the garage. In the garage. <laughs> also that. <laughs> so they go over to Cody and Jordan's house, and they start brainstorming about, like, where he could be, where they should look. And while there, they notice that Jordan is just acting real weird. She seems annoyed that people are there. She doesn't want to participate in trying to find Cody, and it's just weird. Like, at one point, while everyone was there, she gets so frustrated that she stands up and throws her wedding ring across the room. Real chill behavior. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Ma'am, I um, I have a question about that red flag you just <laughs> threw across the room. Can you come in here and shut the door, exactly. please? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Jordan is questioned later, she's taken into the police uh, department and questioned. She changes up her story just slightly. So all the stuff up into uh, up until DQ dinner remains the same. But she says that when they got home, Cody took a phone call that made him so upset that she wanted to leave him to cool off. So she left the house to go get her phone charger, which she had left at work. And when she was coming home, that's when she got a text from him saying that he was going out with friends. And when she pulls in, there's a green sedan with a Washington license plate pulling out and Cody is in the backseat. So she told police that this was just something that Cody and his car-loving buddies would do sometimes, that Mm -hmm. they would go on to back roads and drive really, really fast to let off steam, but that he usually came back within a few hours. And so they were like, well, if he usually comes back within a few hours, why didn't you alert somebody to the fact that he has not been back yet? And And if they're racing cars on dirt roads, that would be my first concern is, oh, (laughs) shit, I haven't seen you in a few hours. Is there a car accident I need to be aware of? Exactly. Yeah. Something... But she she said that she was sure he would come back and she was afraid that he would be angry with her if he came back and found out she'd filed a missing persons report. So that's why she didn't. Mm. When they called in Cody's mom, she was very distraught and worried. Which seems normal. Uh, and when she came in for the interview, she had actually already called Verizon and gotten phone records from Veri- Verizon and just handed them over to the police. Wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Her there mom, we go. Mom is on top of it, okay? She's seen cold case files That's she's right. seen FBI files mm-hmm. she's like do you have some luminol I'll go spray mm-hmm. yeah. luminol yeah I can do it myself <laughs> <laughs> DIY yeah uh, so the first thing the cops did of course was look for that phone call that had sent Cody into such a tizzy that he needed to go for a joyride to clear his head right they were like let's find that phone call so they did find a call from a Washington state number but when they called it it turned out that it was Cody's friend named Jose and he told them that he had called Cody about borrowing a tool of his that he was going to return but that they didn't argue and whether this is what they talked about or not what we do know is that Jose couldn't have been involved because the night that Cody went missing his wife was giving birth so he had a rock solid alibi he was in the hospital all night now kind of weird that you would step away from your wife's labor to make a call about a tool you found but all right. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> You're like, get back in here, Jose. <laughs> what Jose? the fuck? <laughs> um, now remember, Cody was loved as fuck. So the entire town mobilized to form search parties to look for him. And they looked in abandoned barns. They looked all over town. Listen, Jordan, you <laughs> fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah. You fucked up. And by Wednesday, he was still missing. So that same day, Jordan told her friend that she had gotten an email from a guy called Tony the Carman. <laughs> the email read, Hello, Jordan. My name is Tony. There is no bother in looking for Cody anymore. He is gone. So call off the missing persons report. Cody is for sure gone. Okay, cool. 
What? Cody is for sure gone, you guys. Hi. Okay. My name Hi. is Tony. The car guy. <laughs> um, hey. Do, 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 do. Beep, boop, beep. Police. Um, hey, I just got this email. It seems like so you can. It seems seems like he's gone for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got an email, so I think we just have to call it off. Just okay. live our Time lives. Time for us all to move on. Time for us all to move on. It's been a day. Wow. The the email goes on to say that Cody went hiking in Glacier National Park and fell and died. Very to the point. So Jordan's friend Hannah is like, "Hey, Jordan's stupid." <laughs> Yes. Jordan. Jordan's, yes. Jordan's Did Jordan not graduate thinking, high school? Thinking through, like, she's not playing consequences. She is not no, playing consequences. No, 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 no. So it's, it gets worse. So Jordan's friend is like, hey, you should maybe take this to the cops. And Jordan acted very nonchalant about the whole thing. She didn't seem upset. She didn't seem worried. And she was kind of hesitant to take this info to the police. Jordan seems like a sociopath. Which her friend was like, that's weird that you don't want to go find your husband. Like this this email says that your husband is dead. And she's just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to bother the police <laughs> with this. What? what? Uh, okay. So she remained, she did end up taking it to the police, but she remained very calm and unemotional when she took this email. And this is her brand new husband. They have been married for a little over a week, a week. Uh, and of course they found this weird, but they were just kind of like, I don't know, people grieve differently. Like yeah. maybe she's and in shock. Some like, people also, you know, she was described as shy and kind of awkward beforehand. So I don't know, like if, if that's her usual pattern of behavior, right. if it's okay to ascribe like guilt to it you right. know mm-hmm. so she tells them that cody was friends with a guy named tony and she hands over tony's info but when they contact him he didn't even know that cody was missing and he was super cooperative and, and he's like i was in the hospital my wife was my wife was giving birth <laughs> <laughs> but he was super cooperative and helpful and eventually they cleared him so Then they try to find out who sent the email, but since it was a Gmail account, Google at the time had a special process where you had to go through, like, you had to get a subpoena. Um, You had to subpoena the records to try and figure out who created this account. I guess you couldn't just, like, get the IP address back then. So over the next couple of days, you know, (laughs) whoever, whoever sent this email, you know, Mm -hmm. because we don't know. I have no clue. Um, Completely lost. Clearly, we're trying to get the investigation put the kibosh on the investigation but of course it had the opposite effect uh, right you think where yeah. like the family is now like okay there's a clear place for us to look like let's go to glacier right. glacier national park so his friends and family over the next couple of days are like let's go and and scour the park however the park is huge it yeah. is over 1500 square feet of or square miles rather of yeah. wilderness yeah mm-hmm. dense dense wilderness So on the second day of searching the park, Jordan drives out there with her friend Hannah and her brother Michael. And on the drive over, Hannah keeps being like, hey, like, let's pull over here. He could be in there. Maybe we should check this area. And Jordan just doesn't listen to her, doesn't pull over. And according to Hannah, it looks like Jordan is driving somewhere specific within the park. So she tells them that she wants to go to this trail that had a really special meaning to her and Cody. And so the search party just indulges her and they let her lead the way. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Take us right to him. That'd be great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the trail leads them to the very top of the mountain and it runs along a 200 foot deep ravine. So it's very, very dangerous. It's a narrow trail. Yeah. Like huge drop off right oh i hate that very steep 
And there's a, so there's a barricade and then behind the barricade, there's a series of rocks you have to climb over to get to the very edge, right? Uh, it's not approved to hikers and it sounds scary as fuck, but apparently the view was gorgeous. So people would do it, do it anyway, yeah. you know. So the group follows Jordan over to the rocks and she just hops on over like NBD, like no big <laughs> deal, you know, like which <laughs> she's okay. like, um, he's there. He's down there. Oh, I see him. He's on the ground. She casually, you know, she stands over and she's like, this is such a special place for me and Jordan. She casually like picks up a rock and throws the rock. And after she throws the rock, she looks down to see where the rock landed. And then she goes, hey, guys, I think he's down here. Can you imagine how hard everyone in the I, search party was ha- side eyeing each other? Like they're all just like, <laughs> they're like, you get that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not just me. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when they don't react because they're like, the what? fuck? Yeah. Um, she looks over again, over the edge again and goes, oh, my gosh, it's him. So her brother comes over. He hops on over and he looks down, but it's so far down that he can tell there's something down there, but he can't confirm if it's actually Cody or if it's Even actually a body. At a, all. a body. Like, like, yeah. You know, he's like, there's something down there. So it's it's very weird that she would say, he's down here. I can see him down here when you can't you see can't, him, you, can't. Yeah. you know, from up there. So you would say there's something down there. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, once again, Jordan seems fairly unfazed. Her brother, on the other hand, is severely shook by this. Like, yeah. he can't tell if it's Cody or not, but the mere idea that it could be freaked him out so much that reportedly he couldn't even stand. He was, like, crying. He had to crawl back to the search party members, like, over, back over. Yeah. Um, I imagine Jordan was just like, cool it. <laughs> You're making me look bad. <laughs> Jordan's like, stand up. Yeah, stand, stand up. up. Stand up, Michael. Uh, so Jordan and some friends, you know, because part of the search party had to stay back with Michael because Michael is like having a hard time. And yeah, so, you think? Yeah. So Jordan's like, don't worry about it. She goes with some friends. They drive 20 miles back to town to report the bar- body to the park rangers. And when they... Uh, when they went to check it out it was obvious that this was going to be a major recovery mission so they scheduled it for the next day one of the park rangers was able to get a better look at the figure and he saw a blue tennis shoe and it was confirmed that cody had been wearing blue tennis shoes on the day that he went missing so in order to do a search mission a rescue mission they had to confirm that there was in fact a body down there so one brave fbi agent was like i volunteer as tribute yeah he tied a rope around his waist oh. and the other around a tree oh. and leaned over the ledge. Oh, oh yeah. Repelled down. And to confirm. And he, he was like, yeah, there's a body down here. So it was really, really hard for them to get to Cody's body. They would eventually have to um, get a helicopter, helicopter yeah. that it, it was 200 feet Jesus. down. Wow. Yeah. So um, they found his body. It was really badly damaged in a in a, bo- uh, a body of water with most of the damage being to the head and arms. Mm-hmm. And his family, of course, they were devastated. I can't imagine a family coming together for a wedding. Yeah. Like something as, as exciting and happy as a wedding and then a week later having to deal with this this kind of loss. Yeah. So when police interviewed his family and friends, they all said that despite the fact that Cody liked the outdoors, he was actually pretty afraid of heights and usually did not go off the marked path on trails. So several said that they felt like Cody had to be lured to the edge in order to fall over. 
So they start looking into this as a homicide, mm-hmm. but they still haven't gotten permission to figure out where the email came from, from Google, and they're still waiting on Jordan and Cody's phone records. So they're kind of stuck until Jordan's BFF and matron of honor, Kimberly, goes into the police station and is like, listen, hmm. Jordan never wanted to marry Cody. On the day of the wedding, Kimberly said that Jordan was having serious doubts about the marriage and that she was really not looking forward to doing anything sexual. It was giving her a lot of anxiety and she felt like she was going to be pressured into sex after the wedding. Oh, geez. So it turns out that Jordan and Cody did not have sex after they got married. Jordan lied to Cody and told him that she was on her period the whole week after their wedding to avoid having sex. I with knew them. it was going to come up eventually. God. She sent texts to Kimberly in the week after the wedding telling her that she was having meltdowns, that she was unsure about everything, that she hadn't stopped crying since she was married and wished someone had stood up and asked her what she wanted. And when Kimberly said that she should talk to Cody, Jordan said that she, quote, didn't want to break his heart. I would rather kill him. Mm. Wow. Well, you did break his heart because it's Literally. not beating anymore. Literally. So. Right. Wow. So when police interviewed the park rangers, they all mentioned that they were put off by Jordan's lack of emotion, that when she came in to report the body, it was as if she was checking in at a hotel. (laughs) And while everyone else seemed to be falling apart around her, they also found it suspicious that she was... Yes, never mind. They also found that it was suspicious that she was able to find the body in that huge national park. They're like, you just went to the right spot? Like, it's... Weird. Mm -hmm. So detectives press her about how she knew where to look. And she says that the Holy Spirit sent her a vision and told her where to look. And detectives were like, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. V, cool. (laughs) Finally, they heard back from Google. And when they traced the IP address back, uh, it went back to Jordan's stepdad's stepdad's house. What? (laughs) Oh, no way. God. But and whoever created the account did so and sent the email in like the same. <laughs> oh, just yeah. sat down, created the email, sent the email. <laughs> <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. And we're done. When they get to Cody and Jordan's phone records, they find that their phones both pinged at the Glacier National Park at 9.17 p.m. on the evening before Cody was reported missing. The entrance sign to the park also has a camera that takes pictures of everyone who enters the park. And when they checked, they found a photo of Jordan and Cody entering the park. On July 16th, they bring Jordan back in. She immediately tries to go into like, okay, so I've had some, I've been thinking about who his friends might have been that he went off with. And they're like, we're going to stop you right there. Uh, Yeah. And they just slide the photo of her entering the park with Cody across the table. That's Yeah. Yeah. That's the move. So she began crying and cracked immediately. And keep in mind, this is the first time she's cried this entire time. Yes. Well, now it's about her. Mm. Yeah. Psycho. Yes. She is an absolute sociopath. Mm -hmm. So she says that they, after they got home from Dairy Queen, she decided to tell Cody that after eight days of marriage, she was unhappy in the marriage. And she says that he got angry and was incredibly upset and it resulted in a lot of yelling. Then she says at some point during the argument, they decided to take a break from fighting and go to Glacier National Park together. Keep in mind, it is an hour from their house. Wow. Weird. And it's also night. Nighttime. When when do national parks close? I don't know, but it's very weird that you would be in a fight with someone and then be like, you know what? Let's put a pin in this for now. <laughs> Let's go to the national park. You know? Yeah. 
So she says they got there. They went on this long ass hike, climbed over those rocks at nighttime, Mm -hmm. even though Cody Mm -hmm. was afraid of heights. Yeah, in the dark. And when they went to the edge, the fight kicked off again. And she says it got physical and he grabbed her arm and her jacket. And she says in this fucking interview, she says, I just thought... I'm not going to let this happen to me again. I'm going to defend myself. And so she pulled away and then pushed him. One arm on his shoulder, one arm on his back, pushed him, and he fell over the edge, and she just took off and went home. And she tried telling um, police that it was an accident, and she had no idea he was going to fall, but you were on the edge of a 200-foot drop. Yeah. Okay. So despite her confession, Jordan was released while police gathered more evidence. Uh, on July 22nd, they had Cody's funeral and Jordan's bold ass actually went and was reportedly on her phone the entire service. Oh, if I, mm. And his friends were interviewed afterwards and they were all like, we all thought she was guilty before, but the fact that she was on her phone the entire time just scrolling through social media or whatever was, we knew like that there's no way. Why even go? This bitch. She's, Why she, even go? It's sociopathic. Like, it is. Because she doesn't absolutely. even, rec- she can't you even can't recognize even... that, like, how this looks. Right. To other people. Yeah. Like, no empathy not whatsoever. Even or awareness at all. So pretty much everyone had suspicions about her at this point. But despite the confession, she was not rearrested until two months later in September. She was charged with secondary murder and making false statements to authorities. The judge in the case uh, failed to prove that she was a risk to the community and released her on bail several days after her arrest. In October, she was indicted on first and second degree murder charges, and a jury added the charge of first degree premeditated murder. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Her defense mm-hmm. tried to say that it was self defense, but mm. that didn't explain why she lied to the police as much as she did afterwards. The prosecution presented witnesses who testified that Jordan didn't want to marry Cody and that she liked the idea of marriage, but didn't really want to marry him. uh, And that she so fucked up, but that she thought divorce wasn't an option and getting rid of Cody was the only way out. I mean, you could have also just not gone through with the marriage. Exactly. Right. Um, But they had a song written. Yeah. So they had too deep. Uh, It also came out in court that Cody's body was found without his wedding ring and that he had canceled his plans with his golf buddies that day because Jordan said that she had a surprise for him and he alluded to his friends that he believed it to be of a sexual nature. So he had not had sex with his wife. Yeah. uh, And now it's their belief that she kind of was like, let's go to the national park. Like, I want to do something with you or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so they went. Um, so mad right now. Right. I am so fucking mad right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And they found What a, a vindictive bitch. It's terrible. They found a piece of cloth at the scene. Uh, and they believe that Cody may, she may have blindfolded him. Like as part of like a sexual kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the evidence against her was overwhelming. Jordan decided to take a plea deal. She pled to a, the lesser sentence of second degree murder, admitting that she did push her husband off the cliff, but said she did so because she was scared of him. Okay. And it was an accident. 
She was sentenced to 30 years without the possibility of parole, um, which his family and friends were not happy with, no, you know, because it doesn't does feel mean like enough. She's going to be released from prison in her early 50s, essentially. Uh, and she did try to appeal it as many times as she could. But her final appeal was denied in 2016. So she will be serving out the entirety of her sentence. Uh but yeah, that's the horrible wow. story. That's God that's bless. a good one. That I, is I hadn't wild. heard that. Me neither. I hadn't heard that's of it either. Terrible. I and mean, there probably yeah. was a little bit of truth to it that she was afraid of him. It's it sounds like she had like a massive fear of sex. Yeah. Um, right. But I mean and she had trauma written, in some way. She had written text messages to her friend Kimberly that he had a temper, that Cody had a temper. Now other people dispute that. But you, again, you don't know what goes on in a relationship. And right. I imagine she probably was nervous mm-hmm. to, to how do you tell your new husband? Oh, <laughs> Why didn't geez. you have this? She, she dug herself in really, really deep Yeah, at that point. But w- mm. what kind of person thinks that this is the answer to it? And right. then obviously her behavior afterwards was... Very suspect. And it's scary. Like the way she was like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Good one. Jeez. Well, Well, good luck to me next week. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What have you guys been watching this week? Oh, man. So, you know, we took last weekend off. So I... I watched a lot of stuff. Yeah. I uh-huh. took my time coming up with my tainted love story, but boy, did I catch up on shows. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so I have been watching Mayor of Easttown with oh, Kate yeah. Winslet. It's good. I'm enjoying it. It. I feel like the people of Pennsylvania should be insulted because it makes life in this town, at least, look really upsetting. <laughs> I'm like, is oh, this wow. what it's like? Everybody's so unhappy. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but I also watched Tell Me Your Secrets, which was a show on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was it's a mystery, kind of like a mystery show. It okay. took me a minute to get into it. But once I was into it, I was like into it. And I think there's going to be a second season. And okay. I'm very excited. And it's, what was it called again? Tell Me Your Secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about so a woman. It's about a woman whose boyfriend was a serial killer and she mm. went to prison as well because they're like, you helped him murder all these women. Oh, sure. And she's like, I can't remember if I helped him or not. Oh. But she gets released um, oh. like a, a witness protection kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, it's interesting. Hmm. Okay. I liked it. Uh, and then I watched Nadia Bakes because <laughs> I decided, you know, Anthony's going out of town for a week. Uh-oh. And... Other people, when their man goes out of town, <laughs> might buy a vibrator, <laughs> you know, like some champagne, have a sexy night in. Mm-hmm. I want to master macarons. I'm like, I'm okay. taking this week <laughs> right. to okay. learn how to bake a macaron. So <laughs> I was Congrats. watching. Okay. Thanks so much. Uh, so I was watching uh, Nadia Bakes, who she was a winner. Or maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But she was on Great British Baking Show a few seasons ago. And she's so freaking precious. And she has a Netflix show oh, where she just her. shows you how to bake things. And it's just soothing and lovely. And her yeah. personality is wonderful. So if you're trying to scratch that <laughs> Great British Bake Off itch, it might it be a, a good one for you. There it is. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Well, Cassie and I have both been watching yep. Generation Hustle. Yeah. Which uh, is on HBO Max. And oh, so good. I, I love a scam. Me too. I really do. A scam, a good con story. Oof. I'm all in it. And it's like 
a separate episodes that are each like an hour long. Yeah. So they're like mini documentaries. There's a bunch of them. Um, I've may, only watched the watch, first three. I may watch a few. Chris um, liberated me of the we have to watch this from beginning to end episode by episode. Right. Which was that like, so we watched the first one. We didn't watch the WeWork one because Chris was not interested. Yeah. And so I'll probably go back and watch that because I am. Yeah. And we skipped to episode four, which was about the German yes. or, or the person yes. pretending to be the, the German era. fascinated by that chick. Yeah. Please, Anna Delvey. please, please, please watch that episode. Yeah. I might actually, I'm, I might watch it and that might be like my tainted love dude up. no <laughs> i already called it i'm up next I love okay well yeah you're up next <laughs> no i won't but yeah it. it's uh it's it's really good i also finished sons of sam which yeah. i was very interested in it there there's something about it's more a story about maury terry yeah. who was somebody that got obsessed in the case the same way that gray smith got obsessed with zodiac and basically very similar very similar i was like it's are they the same person though? the same same vibe or it's like um he kind of descended into the case and just uh, the effect that the being obsessed with the case went to him because his theory is that there's more to the case than just david berkowitz i'm interested in watching that but I'm always fascinated by people who get that involved in cases right, yeah. that have nothing to do with them because right. I'm like, who has the time to be that invested? Right. I mean, look, fine. Like at home, you just got the money. Yeah. yeah like to, to do that. Like, I just I feel like there's so much that is involved in that. Like that if you're not getting paid to do this, like how are you maintaining? Right. A, like a life. job right. of social life. <laughs> there was enough in it that made me think there's some truth to s some parts of it. Sure. But when it starts to get, for me, it's like any other conspiracy when it starts to be like aliens or <laughs> you know what I mean? Where like, yeah. it takes it's like a vast hard network. Left. Yeah. It's really, that's like, when uh, I start to yeah. get really like, man, doesn't seem likely. It. No. So, um, but a good watch. I was uh, happy that I I watched it. I thought it was is a that decent Netflix? documentary. Uh, that one Netflix, is yeah. Netflix. Oh, okay. And and it's that it's that whole like if you hear hooves, think horse, not zebra. Exactly. That's yeah. what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes zebras yeah. do fucking exist. Look, they exist, but but most of the time it's it's Occam's razor. Occam's razor. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not always. Look, there are lots of conspiracies that have been proven. True, but you know, yeah. it's not as common as as you think. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yes, Chris and I have also watched the uh the con show, but we've also watched Girls Five Eva. We start we watched oh the first God. episode oh my gosh. of that. What do you think? It's um it's funny. Mm -hmm. Um I we eh. watched the first episode. I mean okay. like I, I'm not sold yet. Let's okay. Put it okay. That way. Like right. I, I liked it. It was funny and it was you know, cute. It just is like I don't know if I'm sold yet. I really Great feel like I really cast. feel like something has to w with there being as much content as exists now. That's just we have access to. I almost feel like something has to grab me immediately. Yeah. Or or like tell me your secrets didn't quite do that because I was like eh, the writing yeah. feels a little off. But there was something about it that brought me back yeah. to it. I have to have that because. Otherwise, there's so many things that you could be watching that I'm like, yeah, eh, Look, you know, and I love busy Phillips. I love the cast. It's Amy. It's uh, not Amy Poehler. It's uh, what's her name? Tina Fey. Tina Fey. 
So I'm like, it's got all the ingredients. Mm. The first episode is it's a pilot and mm, it's okay. very and it pilot. Feels like a pilot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I think I'm gonna be willing to give it like an episode two mm-hmm. to see how it fleshes mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, that's where I stand right now. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. Oh well, million dollar idea that I just had. There yeah. are so many streaming channels that if right now I need an app that is like the Pandora for the streaming channels mm. that like knows what I like yeah. and literally pairs it down so I don't have mm-hmm. to keep switching yes. app to app. And it's just like makes a Christina channel. Yes. Trademark The it. future is hey, now. Hey, it's our idea. In fact, you don't should cut that out of the episode, <laughs> honestly. Because that is... That's just throwing money away at this that's point. That's a million dollar idea. So. <laughs> but you know what? It would we be it here so first, fucking hard because you'd have to get all of Today those. is right. Saturday, May 8th. Right. Um, it's my cocktails and dreams. It is your cocktails and dreams! <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Amazing. if you guys have something that we should watch, uh, if you have stories because you're out there dating again, you are hot girl summer, uh, <laughs> then go to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. And we love you guys so much. Cheers. What's up, everybody? Okay, do you guys know that even if we all ate the same and exercised the same, that we would all still look completely different? I'm Lacey Green. I'm a super trainer with body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. I'm telling you, this is something that you need in your life. The app isn't just about having a perfect body, because what is that anyway? It's about what we call health esteem. Feeling good about yourself right now, just as you are, as you work on the person you are becoming. Using Body's tools to find your version of happy and healthy. Body isn't just some software. It's people. It's trainers, nutrition, and mindset experts, and a community of other people just like you and me. And they even have my program for beginners only, which you have to try even if you've never worked out a day in your life. I'll get you off the couch and started on day one, finding the joy and dropping the judgment. And don't take my word for it. You can try it for free right now for 14 days at body.com. That's body with an I.com. Let's get up, get moving, and feel good. Woo woo. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.